Hi there, welcome to the Think Bite Size series. The fact that you've tuned in tells me that you're in search for inspiration and put simply, these episodes offer you an injection of inspiration in less than 10 minutes. Whether it's a Monday morning and you're looking for something to help kickstart your week, or maybe it's a midweek Wednesday and you need something to help push you towards the weekend, we've got you covered. Here's how it works. I've went through each episode of the main series with a fine tooth comb and picked out what I feel are the most poignant and inspirational moments. Now, of course, if after listening, you'd like to hear more, you can listen to the full episode using the link in the show notes. All that's left for me to say is a thank you for tuning in. And it would be great if you could be such a kind soul that would like, share, comment across all of our social media accounts or give us a follow as well, as well as leaving a review on whatever platform you're listening on right now. All of your support is greatly appreciated. Yeah, I, you know, it's something that I've realized over probably the last decade of my life, uh, which has been the bulk of, of my transition time, um, that authenticity to me is actually something that I've held as a strong value and a strong tenant for nearly all of my life. Um, and so to me, it really resonates with the idea around integrity um, and knowing what you stand for. Um, and And actually for me, while I had, I think, a, a strong level of authenticity as a kid, I also struggled with being fully authentic um, because I was a, a kid who I grew up and was raised as a girl. I looked like a girl, but I didn't really fit in with all the other girls. And so for me to be truly authentic to myself, um, that resulted in a lot of bullying and a lot of teasing and picking on and being told that I didn't fit and, you know, just on and on and on lots of, of, um, psychological trauma that I experienced as a kid from my peers. And so that, that sense of being authentic, um, I could get it when I played sports. Um, I could get it at home with my family cause they loved and supported me no matter what. And so then once I stepped into my process of transitioning and I started testosterone and, and my body started to change and, and the way that I was perceived out in the world started to change and started to allow me to be fully myself, that's when I realized what authenticity actually really means. Um, because I was able to be out in the world and be seen in a way where I didn't constantly have to have a guard up. I didn't constantly have to be wondering who's looking at me, who's thinking I don't fit, who's going to say the next thing that's going to make me angry, uncomfortable, you know, traumatized. And when you can shed those things, then you can be fully yourself and fully authentic. Um, And that's why I, I titled the video that ended up going viral, which was not my intention, of me coming out to the kids at Portland Community Football Club, the club that I run. Um, I titled that video Authenticity. Um, it was the only word that made sense to me because it was me stepping in front of those kids and saying, this is exactly who I am. I've been this person all along. You just didn't know it because I'm, I'm a transgender person who is not read as transgender at all. I'm, I'm very uh, easily read as just a straight white guy, um, which is a, a, a whole, we could do a whole other podcast on that. Um, and so when, 
when I got that, when I came up with that courage, when I, I, I finally got to that place where I wanted to come out to those, to the kids, it was about me saying, this is who I am. And I want to be authentic to all of you because I want you to be exactly who you are in our club. Um, and, you know, we're working with kids that are coming from low income immigrant and refugee populations where they don't get a chance to always be exactly who they are. They may be hiding something about themselves. And also it was to speak to all of the kids in our club who may not identify now as LGBTQ, but very well could at any point or maybe do and don't feel like they can be out about it. So it's that authenticity is about putting myself fully out there in the hopes that it allows and helps somebody else to say, oh, I can be fully out there. And what's really interesting, Gary, and I haven't really got a chance to talk about this, so I'm, I'm glad that I get to talk about this. When I did that, it went all over the place. And obviously the people within my club knew exactly what was going on. I had a coach and a board member at the time ask me to come and have coffee with them individually, two separate meetings. And they fully poured their heart out to me about very personal things that were going on with them. And they said, I'm doing this because I saw you be authentic, put yourself out there, be real. And I want, it, it inspired me to be real with you and tell you what's going on. That was unbelievable. I, I was so taken back by, by that. Um, and these are two people that I knew really well and, and felt like I had a good relationship with. Um, but that, that authenticity rippled out into those folks feeling like they needed to be fully authentic with me. And it was, um, it touched my heart a lot. It was really powerful for me to hear that the box that is so often seen as the standard is straight white male. That, that is the top of the privilege pyramid that, we, that we're constantly um, under, all of us. And even people who are straight and are white and are men are still put into a box and are asked things like that. Like, you're this age, you should be married. You know, this is what's expected of, of you. And that doesn't fit for everybody. And so if, if any of you who are listening fit into that category of identity, and you feel like you've been also put into a box, now you have a slight inkling and a slight idea of what it feels like to be somebody outside of that identity, a trans person, a queer person, a person of color, a person with a disability. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the piece of empathy that is needed for inclusion. Um, and if we go all the way back to what I was talking about with clubs being ready to take on and really be inclusive, it has to come from a place of empathy, of, of looking around and saying, who isn't here? Who do I not see? What kind of people do I not see? What kind of stories are we not getting? Um, and and that often that work has to come from inside first. And the leadership at the top has to say, who are we not representing um, either by who we are as leaders or as our, as our club? And uh, th those boxes are, they're everywhere. And they are impacting every single person um, in, our, in our culture. I realized... This is what it's about. This is what coaching is about. It's not about the cones and the X's and the O's and the wins and the losses. It's about this like intense emotional connection with kids um, and being able to share your life with them and them with you. And that is when you get really good players.
that's when you get players that want to play for you. Because the coaches who did that for me, I wanted to play my ass off for them. The coaches who were just trying to push me to be, you know, for our team to win all the games or, you know, I've had some awful, terrible coaches that just did not have an idea of how to coach. I didn't want to play for them. I had no interest in being competitive or aggressive for them. But the coaches who showed me who they were, I, I wanted to play for them. Yeah, that, that deep connection, I think, is, is the key to that, isn't it? That, that you see in the coach and the player that what you're doing is in their best interests and that yeah. you will allow them to essentially navigate through that, that path of development with the support around them. It's not that you're going to be pushed into one direction or the other. And that's, that's what I also love about coaching is the fact that there are, you, you'll, you will meet so many different types of people, so many different thinkers who's problem solved in so many different ways. And again, yeah. Joe and I spoke about this uh, very briefly on the cast with him was the idea that, you know, given a similar situation, three or four people might look at it completely different, different ways, but with completely different solutions. But if you don't allow the players to, to come up with those solutions, then essentially that type of boxed off thinking could then eventually lead into their decisions they make outside the sport. Yeah. Right, because that's that is the conventional way of thinking. Oh no, this is right and this is wrong. However, when they go out into the world, and if that 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 mindset is allowed to prevail, then it could be of detriment to where they want to go and who they want to be. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things about the game of football is that it's the it is one of the few sports uh, that I've played where it truly creates room for creativity and and different ways of thinking and different ways of problem solving, um, unlike any other sport that I've played. And, and, and I love the aspect of, as a coach, that you don't have all the answers. And that's really hard. I, I feel like, especially in American coaching, there's this big push on, you've got to have all the answers and you've got to have everything figured out and you've got to, you know, implement those ideas onto to players. And there's all these, these formulaic things. And I know Joe talked about that really well too, of not having a set out plan already for a whole year. And, and I think it really is a sport that should allow for players to lead and make mistakes. And the coaches are there as mentors. That's, that's our role. We're there as mentors. We're not there to, to tell kids how to play this game. We're there to say, here's some options of how you can play this game. What, what works for you? Yeah. And again, that then does, does fit very nicely with the undertone of authenticity in that, yeah. the, you know, they are being given the opportunity to think for themselves, to perform whatever action they believe it is right at that moment in time to overcome the problem that's in front yeah. of them. But also that as a coach, if you're using this phrase and that language all the time, but you're not backing it up with behavior, yeah. then it's meaningless. What you're telling them is meaningless, right? 